When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the American Pipeline Podcast, uh, presented by BetMGM and McKenny Hockey. I am Mike Stevens. Sitting virtually across from me is the one and only Sydney Wolf. Sydney, how you doing? American Thanksgiving is coming up. You excited? I am excited. That's why we're actually recording actually uh, a day earlier here, because obviously as an American, we have Thanksgiving, so I'm going to be with family all day on Thursday. But I'm pretty excited. Uh, it's actually a pretty calm week for hockey, so that's good because of the holiday weekend. But there's still a lot of big games and a lot of good stuff to talk about. Absolutely. All right. Why don't we just hop right into it? You have now finally, Sydney, calmed down from thinking Penn State should be in the top three polls after this weekend. Please explain. Yeah. So I know we had that little Sydney rant a couple weeks ago about Penn State because I was really high on them and I felt like nobody was giving them sort of like the credit they deserved after beating the number one team in the nation two back-to-back weeks. They split with Michigan and then split with Minnesota. I've calmed down a little bit on it. I still think they're a really good team. Uh, But this past weekend, they did uh, split with Michigan State. The first game, they only won by one goal, so it was pretty close. Uh, But then the next game, they lost seven to three. So it actually wasn't really very close. So I think after that, I've calmed down a little bit. I don't think they need to be number one right now, but I still think they're a really solid team. They didn't really drop very much in, in like the pairwise or anything. They're still number five and they still only have three losses. So I still think they're really good. I just wanted to say I've calmed down a little bit about Penn state um, just because now they've split, I think three weekends in a row, something like that, but it's against really good teams. And we will talk about Michigan State here in a second because yes. they're they're actually really good. So losing to them, I don't actually think is that bad. I've just calmed down a little bit about Penn State, but I still think they're good. But maybe not top three. All right. Well, I'm glad I'm glad that you've calmed down a little bit. I was getting pretty scared there for a second, um, but it's good. Uh, you mentioned Michigan State. Why don't we talk about that? They're your team to watch this week. Yeah, so just going right into that. So we just mentioned Penn State split with Michigan State, who at the start of the season, a lot of people weren't really expecting too much from Michigan State. They were kind of like, well, they'll they'll be okay. Maybe we'll see. They haven't really been a, a super high-level team here for a little while. And again, people sort of aren't haven't been super high on saying Big Ten teams are going to be really good at the start of the year, besides everyone knew Minnesota was going to be good. Everyone knew Michigan was going to be good, but a lot of those other teams people are kind of just eh on. So Michigan State has sort of been a pleasant surprise here uh, the past few the past few games. So they're actually doing really good. They've jumped up to, I believe it's 11 in the pairwise. So they're in the top 20, which is really good. That means they would likely make the tournament if it was tournament time, which is awesome to see. Uh, and they're just doing really, really well. I mean, if you look at their schedule and their wins and losses, they started off a little bit rocky they split with Bowling Green which is kind of like okay eh. split with UMass Lowell again sort of just like okay swept Long Island that's expected Mm -hmm. but then they they lost and tied with Notre Dame and Notre Dame's a really confusing team this year uh everyone thought they were going to be a little bit better than they are so that looked a little strange but then they won four in a row. They swept Wisconsin and then swept to Ohio State, who's actually been a pretty good team this year as well. So people started to say, okay, I think we're seeing some, some good improvement here from Michigan State. And then this past weekend, 
they almost swept Penn State, who I was just really high on like a few weeks ago. They only lost by one in game one. Again, it was four to three. And then night two, they kind of blew them out. It was seven to three. So being able to, you know, put up seven goals on any good team is a really big accomplishment. So Michigan State, uh, a really good team right now. That's why they're my my team to watch. I mean, the Big Ten has had a couple of surprises here this week, but Michigan State pulling off that almost sweep against Penn State. It was a split, but they've been slowly climbing up everybody's rankings, and I think they're going to be a really solid team here uh, just in the next few months, improving and improving throughout the year. Speaking of of garbage, or not garbage, but flaming crazy situations here, is that the, uh, I believe it was, the uh, uh, Michigan had to, they were racked with with an illness of some sort. I don't think it was COVID, but I do think that it was like like they had a ton of players out with with illnesses, and they had to dress their goaltender or or at least a goaltender, their backup, as their fourth line left wing. Um, yes. What was going on there between between Michigan and and uh, and Minnesota over the weekend? Yeah, so we actually have quite a quite a few Big Ten pieces of news here for this week. So another set of games I was really excited to watch was Michigan and Minnesota because they're arguably the top two teams in Big Ten and some of the top teams in the nation. Uh, But I think it was the day before the first game, they said Michigan was facing a lot of illness issues. And it sounds like they have been for the past few weeks, but nothing too crazy. Uh, But that's when on the podcast last week, we said one of their players, unfortunately, was hospitalized even which is really sad, but I heard he was actually, yeah, I actually heard, Mm -hmm. I think it was today or this morning. I read that he is doing better and was able to talk to some of the teammates and stuff. It sounds like he still has some recovery to do, but he's doing better. And I believe he's out of the hospital, I think. So that's good. Really good to hear that. But they had a ton of players out. They didn't specify what virus or illness it was. So I'm not, I'm not sure, but obviously we're heading into winter. So there's the flu, COVID, all this other weird stuff going around but they had yeah their goalie they dressed as a left wing because they were so short of players I don't think he played any shifts during the game but he did take a he did sit in the box for a penalty I think they got a bench minor so they had him go sit because I don't think he he played any shifts but I don't think that means we can take much away from that series because Michigan was so short-handed and without some of their some of their key players like uh, Adam Fantilli I believe was out for both games they had a couple of other players that played I think one night, but not the other night. They just had all these guys sick. And that means maybe some of the other guys weren't feeling good either that were out on the ice. You never know. Maybe some guys were playing through it. Minnesota obviously swept. But I don't think that means that that would happen again later in the year if Michigan yeah. had, a, had a full team. So, Like how much do we really take sad. from this? Yeah, just because I know a lot of people were really excited, including myself, to to watch these games mm-hmm. because it's two of the top teams. But it ended up not being that great because Michigan had like – literally half their team. So I don't think you can really take away too much from that because Minnesota obviously swept. Um, so we'll, we'll just have to wait and see when they, when they rematch later. They had a goalie dresses forward. Like how, like how much yes. can you really take from that? It's a goalie. Like, yeah. Some on. of their top players were out. So it's yeah. not really, it doesn't really tell me much then about how that series would go later in the year. Well, speaking of a top player, we got Logan Cooley. Uh, who we've had enough of a sample size to kind of make a judgment so far in his season. He was the third overall pick of the uh, Arizona Coyotes. Has he lived up to the expectations so far? Yeah, I think that's a big topic. I've heard a couple people start to mention because if you look at his points, he's doing really, really good uh, points wise. He has 12 points in 13 games. So pretty good there. Uh, but a couple of things I think are a little bit interesting is looking at Minnesota stats. He actually leads the team in 
penalties right now, which isn't a great sign. Uh I think he's had two fives. I think he had one for face masking, and I think he had another five last weekend or the weekend before, which I think that means if you get a third or if you get a second game misconduct, every every time after that it gets like more intense. Like they don't want you to be taking these five minute majors all the time. So he's had a couple of interesting penalties. So I'm not sure if it's him getting frustrated or just being a being a freshman, you got to learn the ropes of college hockey a little bit. But I heard a lot of people say, oh, well, Logan Cooley before the season saying he's going to be there for one year and then he'll leave. He'll he'll sign pro and he'll do that. But now I'm kind of like, well, maybe put him on the watch for maybe he'd do two. I don't know. I assume he wants to go after one, but it seems like there is a little bit of frustration there maybe with some of these penalties, but he's still doing really good points wise. So just interesting there to see that. Maybe he could use the, uh, you know, the the more marination before. And also, like, if I was him and, you know, I, I would probably take the extra year because you're going into an Arizona Coyote situation that might be a little a little difficult uh, for your own success. So maybe, and we've seen that, too, with other players like yeah. Matthew Nice, who I'm sure could have signed pro this last year. But he oh, yeah. said, well, you know what, uh, I'm, I'm just going to take another year, which I think is really smart. Just take another year, develop a little more. I'm sure you were ready. But even if there's a little bit of a doubt, you should probably just stay one more year. It's not going to hurt you. I don't think it would hurt anybody to stay an extra year developing in college. So I just think a lot of people said, well, he's a for sure one and done. I don't know. I think it could be interesting to see if he would come back for a year two. I don't think there would probably be more than that. But I think that's interesting and it's definitely on the table. Absolutely. And I think as well, like what these are kids we have to remember. And, you know, some of them want to experience, like have that normal collegiate experience, that normal college experience, you know, be able to, you know, go to classes and be a student athlete and, you know, not have the the expectations of an entire franchise kind of weighing down on you, which is a big reason why Matthew Nye's resigned. Like you said, you know, I kind of wanted to just be a kid still uh, for a little bit. I wasn't ready. And that's a, that's a mature decision to make. So yeah, um, I, I look, if Logan Cooley wants to stay on for another year, there, I don't I don't see a downside. Um, speaking of, though, another Michigan State sort of centric story here, and this is terrible, is that Jagger Joshua um, and we and Brian Kennedy and I talked about this on the, the Hockey News podcast yesterday uh, at length. But uh, Jagger Joshua of Michigan State um, sent a statement that he was called uh, racial slurs on multiple occasions by another player on Ohio State uh, during their uh, dur- during their game over the weekend. Um, that player is now being being uh, identified as. Uh, Camille Siloka, who is now, uh, according to Ian Kennedy from the Hockey News, our very own, um, he, it is now he has now been sent home by Ohio State. Um, Jagger Josh was sent out a statement over the or after that, saying that while uh, Siloka was tossed from the game by the referee, as apparently the referee overheard uh, the slurs that he was using, uh, there was no supplemental discipline uh, undertaken by the Big Ten or the NCAA after that, which was very discouraging for him. It's very discouraging from just in an overall hockey standpoint, because I mean, what, and, and again, Ryan, and I talked about this on, on the podcast, but like what other evidence do you need? You have the player who said this happened. You have the referee who's, who, at least by by their actions, set, saw this happen and kicked the person out of the game. Um, so it, it just it is a little uh, you know shocking that there would be nothing that that came from this at least in the immediate aftermath. But of course, you know, team starts to scramble to uh, you know to make to, to really kind of do the right thing after public pressure. It seems like so far they have they've sent uh, uh, they, they've sent Camila Sidloka home. We're not sure about any official punishment, like in terms of game suspension or, or whatnot. But right now he is not with the team. 
Yeah, so just this morning, yeah, it came out that he was being sent home. It didn't say anything about a time frame or if he's, you know, officially off the team or suspended. I'm not sure how that all works with the school, and I'm sure there's scholarship stuff involved too, but yeah. I'm, I'm not sure of those details, but they did say he was being sent home. So at least that means action has been taken instead of just the, the game misconduct. But, yeah, what an awful situation. I, I just – caught wind of that when Joshua put out that statement on Twitter a couple days ago and super disappointing to see that uh and at first you know the Big Ten didn't really say too much they sort of just put out like a vague statement saying obviously they they want to include everybody but it wasn't really addressing the situation too much I think they had to figure out some details Mm -hmm. uh but then they did say that the the player was sent home so we'll see what develops with that Obviously, that's awful, and hopefully that doesn't happen again in the future. And if there's any other updates on it, we'll probably mention them on the show. But as of right now, just the player said was sent home. We don't know for how long or off the team or what happened there. But obviously, that's that's awful, and we hope that doesn't happen again in, in college hockey or, or any hockey at all. Absolutely. Um, all right. Trying, we're going to take another hard right turn back into some hockey stuff. Uh, you know, Hopefully, we don't have to... Hopefully we don't have to uh, have more of these incidents to talk about, but it seems like there's one all the time, which is extremely unfortunate, but let's talk a little bit about hockey back, back here now. And it is, is this the year that the NCHC starts to fall from their top college conference spot? Because if you look at it, Duluth and North Dakota, they're struggling early. Yeah. So for the past few years, the NCHC or pretty much since the NCHC started, they've been kind of that top college and or top conference in college hockey. They typically have, the most teams go into the tournament usually uh, when tournament season comes around and always have a really, really tough conference, top to bottom even. Some of the worst teams would be pretty good teams in other conferences. But this year, it seems like maybe it might not be that top conference, and it hurts me to say that. But just because right now the top NCHC teams, obviously Denver's number one right now in the polls and in the pairwise, I believe. So they're still doing really good, but they're the reigning national champions to be expected. St. Cloud is you know, in the top, I think they're number four right now, but then it takes a while if you're scrolling through the pairwise or the polls to find another NCHC team, mm-hmm. which is really, really interesting. Uh, I think North Dakota is towards the bottom 20 of the polls. I think they were still in it this week, but they were close. They split with Miami last weekend. They won like seven to one the first night, huge blow win. Next night they lost by, I think it was one, which is so strange to see. Uh, so I know they were really upset about that. They were swept at home uh, this year too. So they've been struggling early and so has Duluth. Uh, Duluth managed to split this weekend against Western Michigan, which is really good. I, I honestly thought that was going to be a sweep, but it takes a while to find some other teams. Western Michigan's doing pretty good, but they're kind of on the, on the cusp too of tournament type stuff. Minnesota Duluth pretty far down in the pairwise and, uh, yeah, North Dakota too is also out of the top 20, which is not great uh, if if we were around tournament time. So <clears throat> it might be the year that the NCHC doesn't take their typical three or four teams to the tournament. We'll have to wait and see. There's a lot of season left, uh, but we might have another conference here that's able to step up and sort of take that title, at least for this year. I'm not sure because there's a lot of weirdness this year in college hockey and especially in the NCHC. It's a changing of the guard. This is crazy. Um Jackson Caster, great name. Spell I love Jacksons whenever they're spelled with an X. I think yes. that's that's very that's very like Gen Z type of name right there. Uh, from St. Cloud State, he's had a huge redemption arc this season. Why don't you talk about that? Yeah, so I just wanted to briefly mention this because obviously, as a St. Cloud State fan, I don't want to just only talk about St. Cloud State 
all the time mm-hmm. or anything. So I try not to include it unless I think it's really good to talk about. But I just wanted to mention Jackson Castor has been, he's a, he's technically, I think a senior at St. Cloud. I know he played a year of, I think, club hockey before he officially joined the D1 team, something like that. So I don't, I assume this is his fourth year, fifth year. I don't know. Something Close. like that. Senior, senior, mm-hmm. I'll just say that. Uh, but he's an older guy. He turns, I think, 26 in the spring. So he's been playing for a while. He's always been sort of like the second or third string guy for second St. Cloud State. Uh, last year, he got thrown into a playoff game as David Rennick, the starting goaltender, had pneumonia and literally couldn't play. He wasn't medically cleared to play. Got thrown in and, to put it lightly, did not play well. The game did not end well. Uh, And it was really sad for for St. Cloud State fans because we just felt bad. You put in a goaltender in a bad spot like that. He just has to play and he's barely played all year. I think he played three games last year or something, maybe three or four. He plays, he doesn't have a great showing, sort of disappointing. And this year he's splitting starting minutes with Dominic Bassey and he's been outstanding. He's been playing every Friday game. Bassey plays the Saturday games or game one, game two. And honestly, if you told most of us St. Cloud State fans that Jackson Castor would be starting every game one and would be winning most of the time and making huge, huge saves after never being like the starting guy for St. Cloud before this year, I don't think anyone would have believed it. So I just think it's really awesome to see a goaltender who sort of had an unfortunate game last year that a lot of people were hating on come back and just play so awesome and just be so solid in that this year so just shout out to him it's been really cool to see and he's been playing really well so super cool we love to see someone rise from the ashes like a phoenix exactly it's yeah. incredible all right your player to watch for this week is kyle kukinen of michigan tech a lot of michigan players in that in that realm whether it's state whether it's tech <laughs> whether it's normal the normal michigan or yes. whatever they're they're killing it yeah, I guess I didn't even notice that. We've talked about Michigan State and Michigan. I guess I mentioned Western Michigan once. Now we're going to Michigan Tech. So my player to watch Basically this run the gamut on Michigan. Like oh, I, there's, I four, there's four schools in Michigan, right? Like, so uh, what else, like what, what else is there? Yeah, I guess there's a few others without Michigan in the name. Mm-hmm. We didn't yes. have, but, but Michigan Tech's Kyle Kukinen. He's a freshman this year. He's coming off of a really good year in the USHL with Madison. He's actually a, a six round pick of Anaheim. But this year, as a freshman, he has 11 points in 13 games, really solid. He was a really great player in juniors. He's originally from the the Maple Grove, Minnesota area, so us Minnesotans are are pretty familiar with him. But he's been playing really, really well, uh, and obviously almost a point per game as a freshman, really hard to do. I think he was named one of the players of the week recently, I think I remember. But he's just been playing Really well, almost a point per game, five goals, six assists so far in 13 games for Michigan Tech. So I just wanted to highlight that. One of the more talented freshmen, almost a point per game, but one, not one of like the flashy, super flashy freshmen that we talk about on the show that are like the top three or five. So maybe one of those freshmen people might not think of right away when they think of those like really all-star, talented, talented guys. But I wanted to put him on here, shout him out, because he's been having a really solid start to the season and uh, really great player for Michigan tech. Love it. All right. Let's, let's transition real quickly into the USHL to talk a little bit, a bit about that. We got some transactions and suspensions from the week. Why don't you run us through them quickly? Yeah. So just wanted to quick mention again, the transactions, there was quite a few actually suspensions in the 
past few days. So crazy uh, stuff. Some some yeah frustrations, I guess. But Joy Muldowney of Des Moines suspended a game. Uh, Jake Richard of Muskegon suspended a game. Brendan Fitzgerald of Cedar Rapids suspended for two games. Reese Lawak of Youngstown suspended for two games. Those were in the past few days. And then a couple of transactions. Madison added a player named Bennett Barnes to their roster. Uh, they also traded Connor Schneider to the NAL, the NAHL. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marcus Broberg of Omaha was dropped. I haven't heard of anything why, but it says dropped from the roster. So stay tuned if I hear anything about that. Uh, not quite sure what happened there, but just a couple of transactions, some some roster switch up, some ads, some drops, things like that. Crazy. And then we have Fargo Force's top forward, Max Swanson. Sorry, he's committed to North Dakota. Big commitment here. Yeah, so Max Swanson is on that top line. I believe he's the top left winger, if I remember correctly. But he's one of those really young players. I think he's only 16 uh, that came into the USHL. He's been playing super, super well, was uncommitted, and just recently announced his commitment to play for North Dakota, which is a huge get uh, for North Dakota. That literally came out, I think it was yesterday, that he committed there. A couple other big commitments to uh, Slovakian Lubomir Kupcho of Slovakia uh, committed to St. Cloud State. He's playing in the USHL this year. He played, I think, half a season for the USHL also last season. He played half and then now he's there for this year. So that was a good pickup. Another international player, Klavs Feinsbergs. I think he's Latvian. <laughs> uh, he plays for Lincoln, I believe, and he's also a draft pick of Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. Committed to Minnesota State Mankato. I think he was also a World Junior Cup player, if I remember correctly. And then uh, goaltender, one thing I heard, Anton Castro, who plays for the Force. He looks like he's decommitted and is back on the market. I saw someone tweet that the other day. So goaltender uh, available again. I think he was BU or Boston University before this, but mm-hmm. it sounds like he might be looking for new opportunities. So that's interesting. Well, there you go. That is very interesting. All right. You know, every week, like we say, we 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 take a we take a look at an NHL team and we go through all of their prospects that are in the American pipeline. You know, the USHL, the NCAA, even the NAL, maybe there aren't really any, but still, maybe potentially there will be. Um, this week, we got the Philadelphia Flyers, another team with a ton of uh, uh, American pipeline prospects. Let's hop right into it. We start off with Gavin Hayne of North Dakota, who is a five eleven center, and he was a sixth round pick in twenty eighteen. Yeah, so Gavin Hain, if you haven't seen him play or you just look up his stats, they might not immediately flash or pop out at you because his best season for North Dakota so far, he's a fifth-year player, has been 10 points in 28 games, which might not stand out too much if you're just looking purely on stats. Uh, But he's been a a big part of the North Dakota team for, for the past few seasons. He's played in pretty much every game, I think, for like the every year he's been there. So obviously North Dakota really likes him as a player to put him in the lineup for all these years and all these games. He's always been a really solid player whenever I've, whenever I've watched North Dakota in person. Uh, he's just been a really, really solid player. So he might not be the biggest point scorer, but I think this is going to be his biggest year for his fifth year because he's already at eight points in 11 games. So he's already almost passed his best year, which was 10 points. So he's not the best person on on the point sheet maybe but he's obviously a really reliable forward and I think he'll be a pretty good prospect actually again might not be the biggest point guy but still really reliable and a really solid guy to have on your squad well then now we got a uh now now we got a bit of a a sort of a sleeper pick here we got old McLaughlin or yeah McLaughlin of uh North Dakota uh he's six he's six feet you know, he's from uh, he's from Pennsylvania and he is a seventh round pick. And yet he's put up some interesting numbers in the USHL before hopping into uh, uh, the NCAA. Yeah. So this this is a really going to be an 
interesting player to watch here in collegiate hockey because obviously he had a really big season for the USHL last year. He won the Clark Cup with Sioux City, so obviously that's not something you can just do really easily. He has 72 points in 62 games, which is really, really big uh, for any player in the USHL. And so far he has uh, five points for North Dakota in 11 games. Not a goal yet, but five assists, so that Mm -hmm. still means you're doing something right. Uh, And seventh round pick, but I think he seems like he's going to be a really solid prospect And North Dakota recently has had a couple of really good players that I think start out players that are drafted, but maybe aren't like the the top couple of players on everybody's lists of prospects. But then by the time they're done with college, end up being really, really good, well-rounded players and prospects. So watch out for Owen McLaughlin and his uh, freshman year at North Dakota, because I think he's going to end up being a, a really good player. Right. Then we got a national team development product, uh, development team, sorry, product, uh, David Kaplan of Boston University. Yeah, so this player plays for BU, uh, obviously playing on the national team, as we've said before, you don't just get onto that team randomly, so you have to be pretty talented. Uh, the thing is, with him, he's got some nice some nice size, 6'2", 198 pounds, so almost at 200 there. Pretty good. Uh, he was a third-round pick overall in uh, this season, I think. It was 2022 by the Flyers. And this year as a freshman, he's got five points in 11 games, not too shabby there. Pretty good again for a freshman. So we'll see what he's able to do in college. But uh, for Team USA, he had he had a pretty decent number of points and some pretty good points. So we'll probably be a pretty good forward to have in the pipeline. Very cool. All right. Then we got Jay O'Brien also in Boston University. Uh, he's played in the, he played in the, uh, the world junior championship uh, last year. What, what's up with him? Yeah, so it it looks like he had sort of a strange career. He originally started playing, I think it was for Providence College, then played in the World Junior Cup, and then went back to the BCHL the next year, which is sort of an odd move. And then now is at Boston University. I think he's a senior now, something like that. So mm-hmm. sort of a strange and, and non-traditional route there to go back to to juniors after you already played a year mm-hmm. of college. But if you're so young, you know, you still have eligibility, you're able to do that. But he's been doing really well after coming back from that and now being at Boston University. He's got seven points in 11 games. Last year, he was almost at a point per game and was at a point per game the year before that. So it looks like being at BU has been a really good fit for him. He was a first overall pick back in 2018. So obviously a really high level prospect there and just another overall good, good forward to have in the pipeline for the Flyers, which it looks like they have a lot of those. Absolutely. They sure do. I mean, look, we're just ripping through them here and they they have a ton. Um, all right. We have Bryce Brodzinski of Minnesota. He's got brothers of Johnny Easton and Michael. He is a senior at Minnesota. He was a seventh round pick in 2019. What do we have? Yeah, so Bryce Brodzinski doing really good this year. He has 10 points in 14 games. Uh, I don't believe he'd be able to come back for fifth year because typically those players from Minnesota, at least last year, that would have been eligible for that entered the transfer portal. So we'll see if that's something he thinks about or if he decides to go pro after this season. Uh, But he's six feet tall, was a seventh round pick uh, a couple years back. But he was a really great player for a long time. He won the the Mr. Hockey mm-hmm. Award here in Minnesota for Blaine High School. So that's a really, really hard award to get. You have to be really good to get that. Uh, and for him, it's really interesting to see his progress throughout his collegiate career. He has gotten better and better every single year, at least from a point standpoint. So it's really cool to see every year he's just taken another step in, in his progression and he's gotten better and better every year. 
look, I know that that's sort of what it's supposed to be with the progression that you improve every year, but we've seen so many opportunities or so many times where that doesn't happen. So it's very good to see someone who just consistently builds on their, you know, builds on themselves year after year. I think that's, that's a good sign, right? Yeah. So there you go. Um, all right. Then we got Ty Murchison. He's at Arizona state. Uh, you know, not, not exactly the point getter. He's a D not exactly crazy point. getter. He's only got one goal, one point in 13 games this year, but he was a national development team project, you know, uh, which you, you say, you know, it's very difficult to get on that team. What do we have or what do the Flyers have in him? Yeah, so this is, I think, the first defender on, on our list so far. Most of them are forwards and centers and all that stuff. But he's not going to be the biggest point getter necessarily. Last year had seven and 35. This year has has one goal in 13 games so far, but that's that's not his role. That's not really what he does is, is points. But again, mm -hmm. he's a big guy, six foot two defender, almost 200 pounds. He was a fifth round pick uh, back in 2021, was on the national team. And I've read a couple of reports on him and it looks like he's a he's a good skater and he's big and physical and is only a sophomore. So he has plenty of time left to to develop in college if he wants to do that. So this is more of that bigger defensive defenseman type guy. Very cool. All right. Then we got another another bigger defenseman, even bigger defenseman, actually, is Hunter McDonald of Northeastern. He's 6'4", and he was a sixth-round pick in 2022. Yeah, so this is another big guy, six foot four. He's from New York, playing for Northeastern. Currently has six points in 14 games, so a little bit more offense, it looks like, than, than Ty Murchison. But he's only a freshman, so six points in 14. That's pretty good so far for your first year. Doing really well. So far, again, also has plenty of time to just keep developing in college, keep rounding out his game, but just another big sort of defender. So it looks like uh, Flyers really like just solid forwards that have a lot of promise and then big defenders on the back end. Well, it's it's hilarious. All right. And then the piece de resistance, you know, the, the fifth round pick of this past draft, you know, a very highly touted player who could potentially, you know, make an impact for them. Uh, sooner than later is Cutter Gote at Boston College, who's doing great so far with six goals, three assists, nine points in eight games so far. Another national team development program product. Outstanding player. Yeah, I mean, this is a player that immediately, I think he scored his first goal in his first college game. I think I was watching that, actually. Uh, but he obviously was playing really well to start his year in college and now has even stepped it up another level. Uh, so it seems like he's sort of gotten used to the style of play now that he's got a couple games under his belt. Obviously he was a really high level draft pick fifth overall this, this past year. So people obviously see quite a bit in him and he's a bigger guy too. He's six foot two. So he's got some good size. And this year he's also a young freshman. Sometimes yeah. freshmen come into college when they're like 20, 21 and he's, he's an 18 year old freshman. So he's making that jump and he's doing really well uh, as a first year and already has quite a few points. Real quick stories that I, you know, when I was at the the, the cup final last year, uh, covering it for this lovely publication that we work for, um, there was a like the, they brought all the prospects, all the top draft picks or, or expected draft picks like to uh, Denver for I think it was game two. And, uh, you know, and I was on a shuttle bus with all of them and Cutter Gauthier, a very charismatic person. He's a very, <laughs> you know, like entertaining, like, you know, center of the tent, center of attention kind of guy. He is he's got a personality that I think fans are going to really kind of. Uh, gravitate towards once he makes once he hits pro so he's a good guy and he's look the fact that he's doing so well as an 18 year old you know playing against uh, you know players who are, could be you know three four years older than him looking pretty good um all right and then finally our last player here it's the one ushl prospect they have it is it is alex bump from omaha 
Uh, he was a fifth round pick last year, but there's some some pretty good underlying stuff with him. Yeah, so Alex Bump as a Minnesotan, we all loved watching him at the Minnesota High School State Tournament last year. He made it there with Prior Lake, and I think it was five goals he scored in, in the opening game of the tournament, which I was there watching it in person, and that has to be one of like my favorite sports moments I've watched in person because you're just watching this team. A lot of people didn't think Prior Lake was going to do too much at the tournament, and then here comes Alex Bump scoring literally, I think it was five goals in that game, and it just, it seemed like a cheat code. Like you just, every time he had the puck, people were just excited and cheering him on. And obviously now he's doing really, really well in juniors for Omaha, almost a point per game. He's also on that world junior A challenge roster. That's going to be competing here. I think it's in a couple weeks now. So coming up here pretty soon, he was also a Mr. Hockey finalist. So one of the top players in Minnesota when he finished up high school last year. He's six feet tall, so pretty pretty decent size there. A really good forward, uh, and he was in the I think it was fifth round in 2022. So I think he's going to end up being a really fun player to watch. I watched him in high school last year, and he was just a ton of fun to watch towards the end of the season. Just every time, he's one of those players, but he has the puck on his stick. Everybody's excited and wants to see what he's able to do. So I think he'll be a fun prospect to watch in the future. All right. Well, there you go. Look, uh, the, the Flyers have clearly, you know, invested in, as we say, the American pipeline when it comes to their pro- their prospects here. We'll see how they pay off. But what a what a a deep, I guess, or or, or filled maybe. Maybe we don't know deep yet. But what a what a, a populated uh, pipeline they have. All right, that brings us to the end of the show. Sydney, enjoy your American Thanksgiving. You've earned it. You know, like enjoy that turkey dinner, the time with the family. Oh yes, <laughs> uh, it's it's gonna be great. Uh, we will be back next week to to you know to bring you through another great sort of uh, recap and and of the week that was in the American Pipeline, and also talk about the week ahead. Like I said, enjoy your Thanksgiving. We will see you next week.